You know, um, just in meditating on this particular topic, it's, it's really occurred to me that uh, we think that if the devil is going to take us out, he's going to pull out a bazooka or, you know, he's going to cause our plane to crash or he's going to get us into a terrible accident or some horrible thing is going to befall us to try to come against us. But I want you to understand the number one weapon of the devil or scheme or device against the believer is a thing called the lie. It's really simple. And in fact, it's very, very powerful. It only takes one to take you out of God's best. Everybody say, just one. Do you know uh, on 9-11, people were asking the same questions all over the country. How could this happen? How could this possibly happen in our kind of our country? What, what uh, went wrong? And I remember an intelligence officer saying these words on the air. He said, you know what? They only have to get it right one time. We have to get it right every time. And basically what happened on 9-11 is they got it right and did a lot of damage to this country. The same thing applies to Pearl Harbor. Everybody say just one lie. While Japanese envoys were in Washington, D.C. giving our government officials friendship medals, their aircraft carriers were already in position to launch their planes against our Pearl Harbor and our, our base there. The chatter in the air, everybody say one lie. There are very few people that believe this was imminent. And the reason is because the chatter basically placed their fleet thousands of miles away from Pearl Harbor. Everybody say one lie. But on the day of Pearl Harbor, how many understand we found out that was a lie? This is exactly how the enemy works in our lives. Look at somebody and tell them the devil only has to get it right one time. One time in your life, and it can end everything God has planned for you. Every good thing God has ordained for you. Just one time. We can cast aside his lies 99.99% of the time. We can get up every day and shut him down and do this month after month after month, year after year after year, and then all of a sudden let one slip through. And everything God has planned begins to unravel in our lives. So have you seen this as a pastor? I have seen this device used over and over and over and over again. And you can always see the fallout because you can always see the fruit of somebody chomping down on a lie of the enemy and how much it destroys and how much it ruins what God had planned for them. All it takes is for it to get through one time. And it's not just, you know, us personally, it affects. There are 2,400 sailors and military personnel killed at Pearl Harbor because of one lie. Several thousand on 9-11 because of what? One lie. If that thing finally gets through to you, it's not just going to take you out. It's going to take everybody else out that you have influence over in life. And everybody has influence. Everybody has somebody who's watching them. You know, in 1983, a Korean airliner, number 007, strayed into Soviet airspace because of a very minor navigational error in the cockpit. 
I want you to understand, as soon as that aircraft entered Soviet space, Soviets locked onto it and had absolutely no mercy whatsoever. In the cockpit, they believed a lie. And being without mercy, they shot that down and killed everybody on board. In response to that happening, President Reagan at the time released our global positioning system to every single airport and every single you know, authority in the world so that wouldn't happen again. In other words, we want to know what the truth is about our position in the heavenlies. Can I have an amen? And that stopped a lot of that kind of thing from happening. But watch this. Just, just a very minor click on the navigational system, and they were headed in the wrong direction. Scripture puts it this way. 1 Peter 5.8, be alert. Poke somebody. And of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. What's the roar? It's a lie. He's been stripped of raw power concerning you if you're a child of God. Raise your hand if you're a child of God. But he is not stripped from his ability to talk to you. And all it takes is just one roar, one lie. Why is that? The Bible tells us why in John 8, 44. The scripture says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But you swat him down. One month, two months, ten months, five years, ten years, twenty years, and all of a sudden, one gets through. Listen to me, brothers and sisters, it only takes one. You say, well, I don't think that's fair. He's nonstop in his efforts. That's why you and I can't go to sleep spiritually. Especially in the day we're living in. Have you noticed that deception around the world has increased exponentially in the past couple of years? Have you noticed that social media didn't use fact checkers until the facts started coming out? We now know that there were three scientists in China that were infected with a mysterious disease early in 2019. If they had been honest and truthful, hundreds of thousands of people would not have died. And trillions in losses in the economy would not have been suffered. From city to city, nation to nation, because of one lie. Well, now it's being exposed, and that's great. But how many understand it had been far better to expose that thing from the beginning and save nations from mourning and families from mourning? We're living in that time right now. Who's behind? Ultimately, Satan is behind it. And he will use that weapon on you and use it and use it and use it and one of you is going to lose. Look at somebody and say, he's going to lose. Come on, say, he's going to lose because I'm going to stay alert. You don't stay alert for a day, week, month, or a year, 10 years, or 20 years. It's more important right now to stay alert more than ever in your entire Christian life. It only takes what? One. 
One word from God can change your life forever. Do you realize that? Come on, say it boldly. One word from God can change my life forever. The problem is one lie from the devil can do the same. How many? Just one. Let me see your hand if one word's changed your life that God gave you. He knows how to move in you. Amen. But if you believe something that is untrue, it can unravel everything God has planned for you. One lie and you could stop believing today. Stop believing God for increase. Stop believing God for his best in your life. Stop believing that you can make a difference. Stop believing that God's moving in your life. Stop believing that God has forgiven you. Stop believing that you're righteous. Stop believing all that God says about you in his word. One line, you'll cut people off. You'll break covenant from them. You'll turn your back on them. I'll say this again, that video we watched a few weeks ago, it's a wonderful thing when people's names are safe in our mouth. Do you realize that you put somebody's name in your mouth in a derogatory way, that person can receive that and never, ever look at that person the same way again? That's how powerful that one lie is. And you know what's sad? That person that you ostracize them from and cut them off from could be the very person they need to give them breakthrough in the future. One lie and you'll get offended, put out with people. One lie, you'll turn your back on them. One lie, and you'll take a wrong turn in life. Go down a path God never intended for you to go down. One lie. One lie to destroy God's plan for your life and compromise your destiny. How many does it take? Just one. Think about the word of God. Do we see this in Scripture? We see it all over Scripture. For example, Adam and Eve were told did not partake of the tree in the middle of the garden. That was what? The truth. The devil came in and said, did God say? And instead of responding to what he said, they listened to the lie that if they ate of this, they would somehow be like God, knowing good and evil, blah, blah, blah. How many understand the devil is always going to contradict what the word of God says? But instead of holding to what God said, they bought the lie that God was somehow holding out on them. How many understand that one lie getting through has affected all of us even to this day? Don't think that little lie getting through to your life does not have consequence. It does. Think about Joshua and the Gibeonites where God said to them, make no treaty with these nations in the land you're going to possess. The Gibeonites come to Joshua with old clothes and moldy food. And look, we've come from a far distance. And the Bible says they sampled their provisions, but they didn't inquire of the Lord. And they made a treaty with these people. The first thing that happened after they made a treaty is these other kings found out about it and immediately attacked the Gibeonites. And then Israel had to defend them and support them and honor that covenant. And when King Saul decided that he was going to dishonor that covenant, God, you know, held him accountable. 
I think about Gehazi and the Syrian general named Naaman. When Naaman was so pleased that when God healed him of his leprosy, when he finally came up out of the Jordan, he wanted to give the prophet a reward. And the prophet said, no, we're not receiving that. This is not a transaction. This is the mercy of God. And Gehazi, instead of dialing in to what God had said to the prophet, decided he knew better and he squirreled away some things from Naaman dishonoring God. And the leprosy that was on Naaman came on Gehazi. Look at somebody and say, it only takes one time. How do you know that wasn't worth it? I think about Abraham and Sarah. Did God not tell them that I will give you a, an heir from your own bodies? Did he not make that emphatic? But eventually they decided that they needed to help God out. And Sarah says, we're here to take my handmaid, Hagar. How do you understand when a woman throws another woman at you? That's not why. There is no scenario where a wife giving you a woman to sleep with is going to end well. We're going to help God. And they helped all right. That was not the heir of the promise. He would come later and his name is Isaac and he would have a son named Jacob, and the tribes would flourish from that. To this day, we're blessed because of what the actual heir did. But he did produce a, a man named Ishmael. And do you know, look at somebody and tell them, one lie, we are still dealing with Ishmael today. One lie, God's not going to give you an heir. You better help him out. You're getting too old. This is never going to happen. It won't happen in the natural. You're too old to have a child. She's married. She can't have a child. This isn't going to happen. You need to help God out. Help God out. And to this day, we still have, right today, the descendants in the West Bank lobbying missiles at the promised child's people. Listen, when, you, when that lie gets through, Ishmael's are coming. You don't want an Ishmael wife or husband. You don't want an Ishmael car or house or anything. You want something of the promise. Not something that came because a lie got through. And how do you understand you have to agree with that lie to make it work? God promised an heir, but they bought the lie that they had to help God out. The devil is still using the same type of tired old mentality and method on God's people with the same results. God just wants me to be happy. So everything that tends to my happiness must be from God, even if it violates the word. Look at somebody and say, just one lie. Come on, say, just one lie. Self-direction. I just go where I want to go, and God's pleased with me. And if I happen to find a church there in that time, great. If not, it's not a big deal. It's not a priority. Let me tell you something. You're not called to self-direct your life. You're supposed to be dead. Your life is hid in Christ. It's not supposed to be what you want. It's supposed to be what he wants. It's not what I will. It's what he wills. And yet you will find today self-direction in the Christian's life like never before. We are, we are already a mobile society, but a lot of Christians are mobile outside the will of God. Just doing whatever they feel is right. Everybody say it, one line. One say it again, one line. one line. Individual spirituality. Don't need the church to be spiritual. There's me and God and a tree and a deer stand. 
I feel God. I feel God in the mountains. I feel God down there on the beach. I feel God here. I feel God there. Everything that pertains to your own sense of self-spirituality, that's perfectly fine in your thinking. It just doesn't line up with Scripture. Mm-hmm. Douglas, if I say one lie? Right now we're having the phrase, love is love, crammed down our throats. Everybody from activists to front offices of Major League Baseball teams, love is love, come to our pride night. Can I tell you something? Love is not love. Only one kind of love is love. The rest is born out of a thought, a lie, a perversion of God's word and his standards. And listen, if Christians won't stand up and speak up, who's going to? Look at somebody and tell them, one lie. Just one. What makes the Christian so susceptible right now to that one lie? What is it that's going on maybe in their lives that makes them open to even listen to that? Because I'll tell you what, on a, on a day where we're doing well spiritually and we're strong in the Lord, we would hear those stupid things come at us and we just swat them down like a fly. But there comes a day for some reason when it doesn't sound so stupid to us. And we allow that lie to penetrate our thinking and our meditation and we act on that thing and find out, you know, it got through that time. Well, one thing is people emphasizing comfort in their lives. They're comfortable. Ease is always a potential destroyer in your life. Do you realize that every time Zion, every time the people of God got into a place of ease, they got into a place where they were deceived? Every time. Now, God is a God that blesses. He takes care of us. He's given us all things to richly enjoy. That's what his, his scripture says. But not so that we can be comfortable and slumber. They stray from the thing that God told them to do. Another one is fear. You'll notice that things like insecurity and worry and terror, it makes you an easy target. The immediate goal in the devil's life is to activate, in your life is to activate fear so you'll be susceptible to whatever lie comes. You say, why is that? Because when that fear comes, we just want to alleviate it. And we'll even take a lie to alleviate that, to get that pressure off of us. Others are susceptible because of grief in their life, major loss in their life. You that have lost loved ones recently, you that have gone through major disappointments or you've had things that were setbacks in your life, you're susceptible to this. And when you're susceptible to something, you should use wisdom to say, you know what, I'm just going to question everything. God will show me what the truth is. But you need to be you know, hyper diligent when you've had a major loss in your life to that one lie trying to get through. Overconfidence, pride, and arrogance, haughtiness. I, I can't possibly get it wrong. What happens when somebody walks in pride? <laughs> that haughty spirit sets them up to actually receive the lie because they can't possibly be deceived. Look at somebody and tell them right now, you can be deceived. That lie can get through. Hallelujah. Some people are susceptible because of frustration. Like Abraham, things are moving too slow. They're impatient. I'm going to help God out. 
I'm going to get out there and do something about this. And you end up letting that lie get through and take you out. Another one is distraction or redirection, redirection from your true focus. God wants us focused on him, his will, honoring him, living for him. But all of a sudden, you got all these other things that you're looking at and doing intending to. How do you understand? Some things you should just let go in your life. I'll take a better amen than that. Amen. And stay focused on what really matters. If not, you can let that lie get through. Some folks are just weary. Weariness in terms of their health or finances or life, they're just battle weary. When you get like that, you're susceptible for that one lie coming in. That's why we need times of refreshing from the Lord. That's why we need to be in his presence and in his word. That will give you perspective when everything is coming at you. That one lie that wants to undermine you. Another one is the thing called bitterness or unforgiveness or grudges or chips on your shoulder. Be aware that when that happens to you, you are hyper ready for that one lie that could get through in your life. Look at somebody and tell them, just forgive people. Come on, tell them, just forgive people. Too much at risk here to walk around bitter. Listen to what 2 Corinthians says in chapter 2. To whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if I forgive anything, to whom I forgive it, you, for your sakes, I forgive it in the person of Christ, lest Satan, listen to this, should get an advantage of us. We are not ignorant of his devices. Do you know what Paul is saying there? He is directly saying that unforgiveness makes you subject to the devil's schemes. Couldn't be plainer. You have a heightened opportunity there for the enemy to deceive you when you don't let things go. Amen. Say it with me. I forgive everybody. Say it. I forgive everybody. Love everybody. Want to help everybody. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not bitter at anybody. I'm just letting it go in Jesus' name. And how many know there's lots of opportunity? Yes, there is. So what's really in my heart today is to just remind you that it, it's not going to take some major cataclysmic thing. All it's going to take is just one lie. And everything that God has designed for you can be compromised. So how do you protect yourself from that one lie? Say it with me, one lie. How many does it take? Just one. You could be sitting here today and you've believed something all your life that's not true. And it's affected your life. You need God to turn the light on in that area. And show you how that's not correct, how it is wrong. One Christian psychologist used to call this misbelief therapy because he believed there are always a couple things that you and I believe deeply that are completely erroneous and wrong. And they limit our lives. That shouldn't surprise us. How many understand if we're walking in the truth, then we're walking in the light? If we're believing a lie, we're walking in darkness. So just three simple principles for you today. How to protect yourself from that one lie. First of all, remember who you are. You're something. Turn to somebody and say, you're something else. Come on, say, you are something. Do you know that insecurity about who you are breeds deception in your life? 
You're subject to things you never receive except you walk around doubting who you are in Christ and what you are in Christ and what you can have in Christ. Listen, what you need is immersion in the Word constantly to remind you who you are so you don't need to get the itch or have destination addiction, fear off and do your own thing. You're healthy in God. I don't have to go over there to be blessed. I'm blessed what? Right here. The will of God is the best place for you to be. But when you're not walking and remembering who you are, it is very easy for the enemy to get a hold of you and say, well, if you did this or went there, then you become what it is you like to become. Can I tell you something? According to the word of God, you are already what you are. Look at somebody saying you are something else. Remember who you are in the word of God. When you get a hold of that, you can rest in him and his will and his purpose. You're secure and you're not open to misdirection by the enemy. What are you? You're royalty. You are a child of the king. I feel like I'm a nothing. That's the lie. The only way you're going to be able to, to rise up Oh, let me put it this way. How many of you would like to figure this out before you die and get to heaven? Because that place is filled with nothing but royalty. Nothing but royals. The only way that you're going to make that connection and push that lie out is saturate yourself in the word of God and then the consciousness of that royalty will rise up on the inside of you. And you'll begin to think different, act different, walk different. How many know royals are not normal? If you don't believe that, just ask Megan and Harry. <laughs> I have to say that I, I really like the queen. I'm not one of her subjects, but I can certainly like and respect her. I'm telling you what, she's a tough bird. I bet you nobody messes with her behind closed doors. Don't let that smile fool you. She first caught my attention when she photobombed a professional tennis player over in Britain. Well, that's them over there. They were born of noble blood. They were descended from other kings and dukes and great houses. You descended from the purest and best blood of all. Talking about bloodline? You're not very susceptible to the lie when you've already figured out who you are. I don't have to go do this to be this or be something. I have to go there and be something. I have to achieve this to be something. I'm something right now. Turn to somebody and tell them, you're something else. You're a child of God. He is your father. And he loves you. And he cares for you. You don't need a little lie through. All you need is the walk in the truth of the father. Whatever is going on, he has a fix for it. Do you know there's not a boo-boo so big that God can't kiss and fix? You're an heir. 
well, I got to finagle and do this and cheat and rob and go behind closed doors and do things in the dark. I got to do things. In the, I got to do this like the world because I'll never get ahead. You're an heir. All you have to do is just use your faith to make a demand on your inheritance. Let me just say that again for those of you who are sleeping. All you need to do is use your faith and make a demand on your inheritance. Some people have learned how to do this and they're walking in abundance in this life and other people figure this out after they get there. You're not an heir when you get to heaven. You're an heir now. Come on, shout it out. I'm an heir now. I'm blessed now. I'm increasing now. One day in the by and by. No, that's a lie. Everything in the by and by is going to be fixed. You're an heir now. You're righteous now. He gave you his righteousness. Walking around with your head down and defeated and condemned all the time, that is not the posture of a royal. And somebody asked one time years ago, they came into church, how come so many people walking around with their heads down? They need a revelation of who they are. Not perfect, but made righteous by him. You're not susceptible to lies when you know who you are in Christ. There's just too much power in that revelation. You're more than a conqueror. There's a conqueror, and then there's more than a conqueror. You are what? You're more than a conqueror. You know what more than a conqueror would be? A conqueror wins a battle, a skirmish, a war, but more than a conqueror wins them all. That's who you are. <laughs> You're victorious. This is what? The victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. If you're going to dodge that missile of that one lie, you have got to remember who you are. Amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say, Akuna Matata. <laughs> Come on, say it. Akuna Matata. <laughs> Means no worries. For the rest of my days. That's a long time. It's your problem free. Philosophy. Akuna Matata. The next time the lie comes at you, just say, Akuna Matata. Somebody will just think it's your prayer language and leave you alone. Another one of those crazy Pentecostals. Come on, shout it out, Akuna Matata. Why should we be defeated? We need to know who we are. In reference to the Lion King, that little Simba forgot who he was. But how do you know, one day he woke up, went back and claimed what he was, you know, entitled to. Took out that evil Uncle Scar, hallelujah. Just one lie. But you don't have to receive it. Amen. What will happen is by remembering who you are, it's going to put a shield of protection around you. And you're going to see that lie so clearly when it comes at you. And you'll just keep on all your days slapping them down. Say, I don't think so. No, thank you. Amen. Akuna Matata. 
Come on, shout it one more time. Akuna Matata. If you don't say it, I'll make you sing it. Say, Akuna Matata. Bryce would love to accompany you with that, wouldn't you? Oh, just be so much fun. Hallelujah. Number two, and this is critical, stick to the last command. Stick to the last thing that he told you through his word or by his spirit and don't move unless he personally changes it. If Adam and Eve had stuck to the last command, none of that would have happened. If Gehazi had stuck to the last command, he wouldn't have gotten leprosy. If Joshua had stuck to the last command, there had been no treaty with the Gibeonites. Do you see this? Stick to the last thing you've been told. Just because you're frustrated, upset, worried, put out, bitter, upset, uh, you know, walking in unforgiveness or having a hard time does not mean God changed his last word for you. And if that thing comes to you and it contradicts God's word or directive, you know it's not from him. Listen to this. When Jesus was out on the water... Peter replied, tell me, come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. And when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Could you imagine if he just kept his eyes on that command? Here comes the last command. Here comes the thing to challenge it. He received a lie. Now watch this. He's on the water. And it's windy, and you can begin to see the waves there. He bought a lie. Pastor, what lie did he buy? You can't walk on water when it's windy. How many of you know you can't walk on water whether it's windy or not? But the last word was, come. You don't have to have 15 more words. You don't have to go around the world looking for somebody to speak into your life. You don't have to have all these different things. If you just stand on that last word God gave to you, he will support you and sustain you with victory year after year after year. And when he needs to change that or add to it, he will. I'm telling you, the same word that brought you victory 30 years ago will bring you victory today. The same word that brought you victory last, last month, you know, month or last year will bring you victory today. The same word that gave you victory yesterday over the enemy will give you victory today if you don't take your eyes off of it. Come on, say it. Just one line. Just one. Can you imagine if Eve and Abraham and Joshua had stayed with the last command? What would have happened? World history would be so different right now. Peace would be a reality. There have been no war, no disease, no famine, no lack, no homicide, no abortion. There have been no genocide. There have been no hatred. There have been no concentration camps if someone had just stuck to the last command. It don't make any difference if I don't stick to the last word God gave me. It'll just affect me anyway, Pastor. No, it just won't affect you. It'll affect lots of people that you know and that you don't know. People you were destined to influence, but you never had that divine appointment because that one word was important to you. You say, does this work? Yes, I hear this all, all the time in the body of Christ. They can 
confess and they speak these things as if they're real, they're nothing more than lies designed to destroy them. You know what? God's word's not designed to destroy you. It's designed to make you victorious in every area of life. Amen. Say, remember who you are. Stick to the last command. If God said, don't touch the tree, don't touch the tree. If God said, you'll have an heir from your own loins, guess what? You'll have an heir from your loins. <coughs> Amen. God said, no new treaties, guess what? No new treaties. If God told you to do this and so, what do you do? You stick to it, and you don't let that lie come in and contradict it. God has great things in store for you. Great things in store for you. Come on, say, God has great things in store for me if I don't believe the lie. Number three, open yourself up to accountability. Open yourself up to accountability. That means accountability to God and accountability to spiritual leadership in your life. Say it with me, God and leadership. Say it, God and leadership. You should never be afraid to submit what you think is the right direction to spiritual leadership if you're confident you heard from God. The only reason you wouldn't do that is you're not confident you heard from God. And you don't want somebody contradicting your flesh. There's safety in a multitude of counselors. So many of us would never have stepped into a ditch if we had just listened to someone in our lives that God placed there. You know that we're here for more than just Sunday morning sermons. <clears throat> no, I just thought pastors work like one hour a week and praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's all we do. You have the right as a, per, as a part of this church to say, I need some counsel on this. I need some wisdom on this. I need to hear a voice behind me saying, walk, you know, walk you in it, this voice of the Spirit of God. And I need somebody to confirm that that I have confidence and trust in in the, in the things of the Spirit. It's important you understand this. Because people don't, don't believe that lie and are defeated because they sought counsel about it. They, they isolate themselves with that lie. And next thing you know, it's manifesting in their lives. Look at somebody and say it's important to be accountable to God and to his people. You want to seek out those that are mature, Amen. And ask them something like this. Would, would you be willing to speak into my life? Would you hold me accountable? Now, it's one thing to say that. It's another thing to mean it. I can tell you many, many times that is exactly what someone said to me. I can remember a time where someone said it to my wife. I was there when it was said, you, you talk to me, speak to my life, hold me accountable, tell me the hard things. And the first time Kelly did, it was bye-bye, birdie, bye-bye. And a lot of people don't want accountability. They want people just to agree with them in their error. But when you say this to somebody that you see maturity in, in the body of Christ, mean it. And then when they do what you ask them to do, don't you dare get mad at them. 
You receive it as a life-giving word that can keep you out of ditch, keep you out of destruction, keep you out of hell sometimes. You receive it. There's safety in that. Versus being isolated in a bubble with that one lie. Oh, well, this is what I, I think I heard this. Well, if it violates the word, then we know it's not of God. But if it violates the heart and the conscience of God and God's people have, have a check about that thing, it's, it's wise to listen. Open yourself to accountability. And when you ask somebody to be that for you, mean it. Come on, say it. I mean it. I want you to talk to me. I mean it. And then you talk to them, and I mean they just go off. That's a sign the lie has already gotten in there, and it's already got some root to it. I don't want anybody contradicting it. Amen. We should never be afraid for somebody to contradict it because after all, we're just looking for what? The truth. That's the goal for the believer is I want to walk in what? The truth of God. First of all, ask the Holy Spirit if there's an active lie working against you. How many of y'all can do that? Ask him. What, what lie right now might be working against my mind? So that's just for people in the church. No, that's for anybody in the church who is a Christian. The enemy is a liar. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The Spirit of God knows everything. And he knows if there's an active lie against you right now. Ask him. Submit your thoughts and plans to trusted spiritual leadership. That'll keep you from being bamboozled by the enemy. I heard Jeremy Pearson say this recently and just reminded of it again this morning. Now, you and I can live our lives one of two ways. We can either get the wisdom of God and we can either live a life where we're preparing for what he has or we can fail to get the counsel of God and spend our life repairing. Now, I don't know about you, but I would rather prepare than spend the next 20 years repairing. Come on, raise your hand if you've been through a cycle of repairing. And it's not always you that caused it, obviously, but oftentimes we do. By not preparing, we end up repairing. Right. The wisdom of God's available for you and for me. Hallelujah. Ask for accountability, and then don't get mad when you get it. You know that uh, we don't go around asking people if we could hold them accountable. You know that? Just call you on the phone randomly as a pastor. You know what? I'd like to hold you accountable today. That'd be so much fun. Right. <laughs> and in fact, I'm going to keep on calling until I do and I offend somebody. Yes, I am because it's so much fun. Nobody volunteers for this. Nobody's looking to be accountability for someone else. It's very difficult, especially in Western cultures, because we don't value any sort of, of community. What we need to do is understand that if you ask somebody to do this, that was big of you, but then have the humility to receive it. And if they actually have the courage to give you the accountability, make sure you guard your heart 
and receive it, amen, as a gift from God because that's what it is. Amen. Glory to God. Look at somebody and say, remember who you are. Akuna Matata. Stick to the last command that God gave you. Well, I need another one. You need to stick to the last command he gave you. Amen. Hallelujah. Stick to it. Open yourselves up to accountability. Amen. Michael's got it. Hallelujah. Why? There's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Glory to God. I can't tell you who to ask. If you came to me, I could probably tell you who not to ask. <laughs> Don't be asking a flake to tell you, you know, about deception. Find somebody who's actually grounded. What are you talking about, Pastor? Somebody can appear to you to be very spiritual, but they can be completely controlled by their emotions. That's not the person you want to go to. You want somebody who is grounded in the word and mature that you know can hear from God and will actually ask God. Here's a phrase I want you to get used to. Oftentimes people have come to me and said, well, you know, would you, would you pray about this for me? I said, yes, and I'll say this to them. If I receive anything from the Lord on this, I'll inquire. If I receive something, I'll give it to you. That's different from just making something up. I wonder how I can really mess their lives up today. That would be fine. Just, just make something up. <laughs> no. That's the job of the other end to make sure we hear from God and give you wise and good counsel. Say it. I would rather prepare than repair. Say it again. I'd rather prepare than repair. Amen. Let's give him a hand clap and thank him today for it.